Okay. How about that? Uh, good evening, everyone, and welcome to Kingdom Conversations, where we have prophetic and supernatural encounters with the Word of God. I am Pastor Lundstein Lee of Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship, which is actually located in San Jose, California. You are in my living room. Uh, well, you're um, wherever you are, but, but we are broadcasting from my living room, and we are on break from our building for just a little while, resting and refreshing and doing all those kind of things. But Kingdom Conversations is a good time in the, in the Spirit of the Lord, and it's having a lot of fun listening to the things that the Spirit of the Lord has to say. So what we're going to do, as we typically do, is we're going to open the conversation with the Spirit of God Himself, the Holy Spirit. And He will speak uh, to us and through me and mayhap also through your questions if you have any. <laughs> We've been having a great time. I'm probably going to expose stuff about myself. It's something that we sometimes do in the conversation. But prayerfully, whatever is said tonight is going to minister grace to your heart, is going to open up some understanding for you. I think we're going to pick some great topics I just know that because coming through the pipeline of the Holy Spirit, He enjoys having these conversations with us. So let's get to it, shall we? Heavenly Father, we do indeed thank you. There's so many ways we can, we can pray. We can enter into your gates with thanksgiving. We can enter into your courts with praise. We can call upon your name and, and you answer us. One thing we always do is we come in the righteousness of Jesus. It's a funny thing that we say we come before you because we're actually, those of us that are born from above, we're seated in, in Christ and we're ever in your presence. And so my prayer tonight, I believe what you want to release is that we become more spiritually aware. Even as we think of saints in Afghanistan and countries where it's war-torn on a different level, and they're willing to stand for you. I thank you that as one of the members of the body of Jesus in the United States of America, that the same breed of integrity, the same quality of devotion to you because it's you, not to an idea of you, but to the reality of your goodness toward us. I pray for our sisters and brothers in that country and other countries. I praise you and thank you, thank you for their ability and their willingness to stand because it tells me that they have seen the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, Father, so many of them have been martyred. And it grieves the heart to think about the fact that they were released from their heavenly bodies in that way. But oh, to have a heart toward you that in the things we face in this country that we will stand because it's you and because you know I don't really I don't think I've quite ever said it this way but this is what I hear you saying because we're family because you're family you're your family God and I thank you for that and thank you for being the head of the family and the head of the church and Jesus and you know, the thing about you that I find so interesting sometimes is I, I'm almost rendered speechless. It's like as I start to talk to you, you're responding 
and my heart beats a little faster because it's like, wow, I sense the presence of God and I'm talking to create a possessor of the heavens and the earth and you're listening to me and your ear is inclined to hear what comes from this place. And you've already given me great adventures listening to another man of God, one of my precious brothers. And as he talked about you, there was a sense of the angelic coming to gather because somebody was revealing some of the things that was given to the saints to know that the angels want to inquire about and want to know about. And wow, to have such an intimacy with you, a yielding to you that the impact of it causes the heavenly host to want to hear about it. Because we get to know you in a way nobody else ever does. Oh God, my God, how excellent is your name in all the earth. How worthy you are to be praised. And, and there are so many days how easy it is to, to just want to worship you because there really is nobody else like you. Wow. And I got all these words that are coming through my head right now, just like a rush and a torrent. And it's all about you. And I am so glad that's what you've done in me. It's so different. And it's so beautiful, wonderful, and terrifying. And it's all those things. And so I yield to you, Holy Spirit. You have something that you want to say. I'm a willing vessel, a yielded vessel. I choose to be an obedient vessel for you. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You know, you give me songs to sing. My heart sings. It's singing now. And it's better than the trolley song <laughs> from the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. I love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love you so much. Thank you for that. <laughs> In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> okay, so I am a... I love musicals. I, I, I'm kind of odd. I love musicals and sports movies where you get to watch the teams, the underdogs or whatever, the hockey team, the basketball team, the football team, when they're going out there for the wins. Uh, I like movies where there's certain types of battles and, and engage in warfare and things like that. So it's kind of an interesting mix that I could think of a war, I could think of a fight, a car scene, and I could think of somebody singing on a trolley <laughs> at the same time. And somehow we're able to put it all together uh, because it all, for me, is ways that I'm connecting with the Spirit of God and I'm hearing Him. And he talks to me in those ways as well as lots of scripture or fragments of scripture. And then he gives me the opportunity to go hunt it out to, to search out the matter and to have a good time. So I let's share some things that I, I believe will bless you. And as always, if you have questions, they'll tell you what to do on Facebook and we'll field them as they fit into the conversation. So Yesterday was my birthday, and I want to say to the Astounding Love of Global Church Fellowship family and the More Than Enough Ministries family, thank you for the, uh, the post, which I have not worked through online. Uh, I got text messages. I think I got voicemails. 
and uh, all kinds of really great things. And today I got flowers, which was really cool because I love that. And so I got flowers uh, brought to my house today and they're brightening up the kitchen. It was a very interesting day. It was a low key day. I wasn't actually, I know it was my birthday, but it wasn't like I really gave it a lot of thought. It wasn't a day where I was like, okay, let's celebrate, let's do this, let's do that. Of course, I went out for my free coffee, which Crystal drank, but <laughs> um, <laughs> and she ate my birthday cake too because I'm not eating cake right now. And one of our sisters in the church, Nicole, that woman made me a keto birthday cake, well, keto cake at Mother's, Mother's Day time. And as the expression goes, she put her foot in that. Mm. And so I ate the cake at Mother's that day, and that's the last time I've eaten cake in this season until we're done. And we're gonna talk about obedience. But Crystal, I felt like, okay, let me share this with you. And Crystal has her own taste buds. But <laughs> I had already told her, no, this is the best cake. This, this, this one, I've had a lot of cake, but this woman has, she's, she's really gotten her grip on it. So we set it out at room temperature, and I let her taste it. And wouldn't you know it, when you try to tell somebody something, and they say, oh, yeah, 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 whatever. And then they sit there and give you your words right back. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Oh, this, this, this. She put her fork in the, in the air. She's looking like, oh, this. She changed her personality. Her countenance <laughs> softened. And she had that moment of bliss, like this. Oh, this. I said, I told you. Yes, but I have my own taste buds. It's like, fine, have your taste buds. It's still one of the best cakes you're going to eat of that particular style. So, Nicole, if you're watching, girl, even after three months or four, three months in the freezer, mm. <laughs> that cake holds up. I'm just here to tell you. And so... That's, uh, I have one more piece reserved for one person, but the rest of it is mine whenever. It, it'll last all year, and I'm fine <laughs> with it. Why did I share that? Because I wanted to, and because that was kind of how I celebrated my birthday. And I didn't give it to Crystal to say, well, I can't have cake, but you can. I, cake was for celebration that day, and I wanted to share, because that's what I've learned that you do. You know, you, you, you share what you have. You don't try to hoard everything. I already got the best part. I got the fresh piece. And it was so good to know that somebody else could enjoy it. That was what one part of my birthday was like. It was sweet. It was rich, creamy, a, a lovely, a delight. And then other parts of it were bitter. Uh, one of our former members or a member of a church we had years ago, yesterday was a uh, not a happy, happy, happy day for her because it was the first anniversary of her mother moving from the earth into heaven. And so for her, it was difficult. And she posted things about this on Facebook. And I had her in heart to pray for her. You know, uh, we were celebrating my birth, but at the same time, it was somebody else's departure. And then yesterday, we got a call. One of our own family, church family members, current members, her mother moved to heaven as well. And even though she knew it was going to happen and we'd been walking through it, the fact that it actually did happen is not your favorite thing. And so my heart was going there 
not to mention today being one week since another beloved member of our church also moved to heaven. Never had so many people in my life move to heaven as we have in the last few years in our church. And so you're taking the, 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 the sweet, but there's also the bitter because you can rejoice, but you also love and you release compassion and you want them to have joy in the midst of what is kind of sorrowful, not kind of, but is. And so that was kind of dealing, and then there were all kinds of things that were going on with other people that I love, and I finally just had to, you know, okay, I'm going to go get joy. I'm going to change over. I've got to change my internal atmosphere because I'm on a mission. And I'm on a I'm on a track with the Father and my emotions, not the emotions of other people, not the incidents occurring with other people, but my own emotions can be an enemy to me if they are not submitted to the way of God. So I'm kind of a walking music box sometimes and I have songs on my internal playlist all the time. Uh, currently and the jazz station inside of me is 25 or 6 to 4, <laughs> which is an old Chicago song, but I'm actually listening to a summer jazz horns, and I play that song a lot. And so that plays on one side, but then there's also worship music, and so I've got this kind of, as I said, I'm a walking jukebox or, or a music box or whatever you want to say. There's always a song, and sometimes it's songs that I just sing. And then there's sometimes VeggieTales songs, or there are commercials, and there's just all kinds of stuff that's, it's, it's not an issue. It, my head is a very interesting place to go, but I'm not inviting you to be there. <laughs> anyway, I'm still telling the story for a reason. You can do something about the sorrow. You can do something about the sadness. You can do something about the moments in your life when it's not a great day. It's, it's not the best day ever. No, it may not be, but it can be. Because you can order the day. You can tell it, listen, I know all these things are happening. And I know that weeping will endure for a night, but I'm calling it morning. Because joy comes in the morning. And so I opened up a book and I read about grace. And what the writer mentioned in the book, it started to come off the page and enter into my heart. And it started to fill places where things were broken it started to uh, to do a work a grace work a work that started moving things out and uprooting and, and and just saying you don't belong in there because you are whatever those emotions were they were designed in that moment their assignment was to try to bring me to a place of shipwreck or uh, deviate from the plan because my old way, say old way old way was to default to eating or shopping mindlessly or doing something self-destructive and we call it comfort isn't that interesting you got comfort foods that you eat more of than what you would normally eat and that's kind of destructive to you but but we have a twist on it that we think of it as comfort, comfort, and it's not. Because my comfort comes from the Holy Spirit. That's his name, Comforter. 
And so Father began to teach me, listen, little girl, come to me. Come to me. I'm better than jelly beans, and he is. Okay? Come to me. I'm better than you overeating or overspending and, and then having to scramble or borrow or do something else because you don't have sufficient funds in your account to take care of things that you committed to pay. Come to me instead of waking up with a headache because you had excess sugar. Because um, for me, that's what it would be, or way too much bacon, or you know any of those kind of things. And I, I talk about bacon a lot. But that's all I can do is talk about it. I don't eat it right now. But I want to talk about obedience. I want to talk about how you can obey the Lord in things that maybe you hadn't considered. The obedience track, the walk with Him, where He becomes your resource and your answer for everything. That's a walk of obedience. To come to me, He says. All you who labor, all you who are heavy laden, all you who are tired, all you who are overwhelmed, come to me. I'll give you rest. I'll give you a different kind of yoke. I'll, my yoke upon you, the one that helps you to do the things that you're supposed to do is, is called obedience. The yoke of Jesus is obedience. And once we take that on, and the words that Father has spoken, the words that were spoken by the Spirit of God start to flow out of you. And they can even, you know, they, they just move in places in your life where you can enjoy being alive again. And that's what I did yesterday. So as I said, it was kind of a tough day. And I had people on my heart yesterday. Some I know well, some I don't know very well, but nevertheless, my heart, my, my self, I guess you could say, became a place that the Spirit of the Lord could say, I can pull compassion through you. I can, I can bring compassion into the world, into the earth through you. Because you, your heart is soft. So you will pray for these people. You will pray for these different um, offices. You will pray for individuals that may not even like you very much. You're a willing vessel today. That's a place of obedience that I think we want to live in. To be known by God as willing. To be known by God as willing and obedient. You're willing to do what he wants you to do. And then when he asks you to do it, you do it. When he tells you to do it, you do it. You're consistent in the devotion and the commitment. Even when my heart feels so overwhelmed, I am still going to call out to you. I'm still going to reach out to you as my lifeline. I'm, I'm not interested in being my own answer, but I'm interested in connecting and reminding myself I am vitally connected to the answer to everything that I face in life. And so we had fun with the cake and we, Crystal is not typically a night out person. I am. And, but she, yesterday, we fellowshiped. We had fun. And she actually stayed over here until about midnight after we had done Apostle Baker's program. And other than the fact, it's funny to talk to Chris. I'm going to share this. She doesn't mind because, you know, it's real. Uh, you'll talk to her. And when she's tired, she'll say something to you like, 
I like reading that part of the scripture. And you say, Crystal, are you asleep? No. A little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. But I hear what you're saying. It's like, how do you hear what I'm saying over your snores? I don't really understand that, but okay. Um, and then she'll wake up and go, okay, I just needed a little rest. And then she'll finish her sentence. I don't even understand how she does that, but it's hilarious, you know. It's like, I'll just sit here quietly and let you take your little rest and I'll disturb you a little bit. And then you'll tell me these odd things and then you'll wake up and she'll say something like that. But then after she finishes her sentence, because the scripture says thus and so, then she'll say something odd, like, it's really nice when somebody washes your hair. <laughs> She's a hairstylist, so, you know, she does other people's hair. And so it's it was that kind of really, really odd day. And so I shared it with you. The message was couched in between the stories. Did you hear that? And I wanted to minister supernatural normal to you. We're talking about obedience tonight. And we're talking about kingdom tonight. We're going to talk about, uh, I want to read some scriptures for you. I'm still, we're still working on the, uh, what do you call it, a study guide for the, for the book Kingdom 101. And in the book Kingdom 101, this is, uh, the book actually looks like everything inside the white. The white is, because this is my advanced copy, but that's what the book itself looks like. And I think most of you know that, and Frederick will probably put it there. But I'm going to come out of page 106 because we've just talked about defaulting and we've talked about, I've talked a little bit about how, and I'm going to continue with that story, but I want to use scripture more so than I want to use personal anecdotes, okay? Uh, but what we were looking at is when the kingdom mind is in action, you're going to default and you're going to be set on the things of the kingdom. You're going to move in a way that is always seeking to please the Father and not to please yourself. So what I see here in it says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That's Philippians 2 5 in the King, King James. And this is this again, this chapter is called the Kingdom Mind in Action. And it says, I well, from what the previous chapter, we saw how the kingdom mind makes short work of the phrase I'm only human. Why? What does it do? Oh, well, let me read this before I read that. So I'll go to page 105. Because this was fun. Uh, I didn't mention, maybe I also like to use like uh, medieval English sometimes because it can be a lot of fun too. And I use a lot of odd expressions because I like words. And I think that when you find a fun one, you should use it because it, it, it spices up the conversation and it puts people on a search and we have a good time. But this is Myth Busted, page 105. It says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that's 1 John 4, 4. I'm only human. Bah! This erroneous statement is a fabricated mindset based upon a subversive demonic suggestion that you have no power or authority over the circumstances, addictions, or sicknesses in your life. This is a lie. Okay. You are you are a born from above spirit with a soul living in a body owned and occupied by Holy Spirit. You're supernaturally superhuman. 
Da, 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 no capes. Okay. You have the greater one inside of you, the spirit of grace who teaches you how to overcome every obstacle to fulfill your destiny. You could not possibly be only human. Hmm. Now, stop acting like you have no supernatural power and let that be lessons four through nine to you. Now we'll go to the kingdom mind in action. So we said we just saw how the kingdom mind makes short work of the phrase, I'm only human. Instead, we focus on cultivating the supernatural culture of the king. Our objective is always in sync with the way that he thinks and does things. The following list outlines some of the ways and means that kingdom business is accomplished. Although I use a lot of scriptures, this is an overview, not an exhaustive list. Did I mention that I'm not a kingdom expert? I'm an ambassador? Hmm. No? Okay. I'm not a kingdom expert. I'm an ambassador. This is the model that we are born from above to replicate. See how many character traits you currently identify with. We'll use the same numerical styles before, starting off with the implied idea of what kingdom citizens do. So, one of the things kingdom citizens do is we regard the gospel of the kingdom as the sole constitution and law of life to abide in and govern every decision. And the scriptures are John 10, 27 and John 12, 26, which you can go to. Uh, I'm not going to go to those. I have some other ones that we're going to look at. But I want you to see that again. Kingdom citizens regard the gospel. And this is sons of God we're talking about. You can't be a kingdom citizen except you have relationship with God. You cannot be uh, a kingdom citizen except that you have this relationship with God. Okay, You have to be a son. So kingdom citizens regard the gospel of the kingdom as the sole constitution and law of life to abide in and govern every decision. Do, is that, does that describe you? What this chapter was designed to do was to get us to take personal inventory at ourselves. And I'll tell you, it was quite the interesting journey. And when I started writing these lists, because I, I think I probably have five or six lists in this entire book, the list just flowed. I mean, it was like this point, then this point, then this point, then this point, then this point. And it was like the Holy Spirit just, he was having so much fun. And so I was following that trail. I'm going to look for something too here. So I want to see if I can find this because I want to read a scripture to us, share a scripture with us, I should say. Okay. Um, so do you regard, look at, see, think about the gospel of the kingdom, which is this book? Uh, this was this one today. Okay. Do you regard it? Do you think of the gospel, the good news of the kingdom, as your only single, solitary, soul, constitution, and law of life to abide in, to live in, to draw from, to swim in it, to be immersed in, and to govern every decision? Bottom line, is this word your only foundation for truth? And do you look when you need an answer? Is this where you go? Or some aspect of the kingdom, do you go to the king? Do you go to the comforter? Do you go to the savior? Do you go to this written word? Do you call out to him? Is there anybody else? Do you, when you seek information, do you go uh, www.searchengine.com? 
or do you call somebody that you know is intimately acquainted with this word that will talk to you or let father talk to you uh, they'll yield themselves to speak only what God says in the ways of life right now it's imperative really that you and I that we can connect with people that know this word and know the author of it I'm not talking about somebody that's memorized scripture I'm not talking about people that have huge resources of other people's compilations of scripture and there's a lot of people that are share scripture with you but they don't walk in the power of the word itself and so to me that makes you a librarian it doesn't make you a resource for prayer got it you can be a reference source but what you really want to be is a life-giving source you want to be vitally connected to the to the word of God to the to the person himself and be able to draw from you are drinking the waters all the time you're partaking you're taking part in the activities of the kingdom you're not standing against a wall observing but never interacting you're not memorizing scripture you're not just reading scripture to fulfill a daily agenda but you're being read by the scripture you're being identified you're being cut you're being uh, uh, what do you call it detoxified of the ways of life so it's a very loaded number one my advice is read through them all or you'll get stuck and then go back and the ones that highlight that's what the beautiful thing about a hardcover I mean I saw a, a copy a hard copy is you can highlight and say I need to do this I need to do this there are a lot of authors if they saw their books uh, that I have possession of they would be amazed it looks like a little coloring thing because I've got highlighters usually yellow I've got pen marks which are usually purple and I've got boxes drawn around things I've got lines that are drawn and personal notes because their book becomes my reference it becomes a lifeline a connection to this word sometimes I'll I, when I read what somebody's written I'm listening for what the Spirit of the Lord said to them what what was the thing that broke open for you that would bring you to the place that you would pay the price to tell what God is giving you to somebody else it's when we write these type of books when we write about grace and peace and being a son we us when we write about the kingdom of God when we write about joy smiling laughing and being happy I'm naming some of the books that I'm, I'm currently reading when we read about receiving a prophecy and the, going through the process of it and, and and having the patience and partaking of it whatever the book may be when we read about the Alpha Omega when we read the Word of God in somebody else's rendering of it it still is it's how they saw it it's a sermon on pages but you still go back to the original source where we got it all I, I heard and I've said this more than once somebody said to me you've got a lot of scriptures in this book I say I do but the Bible has more I didn't reproduce the Bible I, I just got as much of it out of there as I could you know to put there but here's something that I do with it this is a prayer that I wrote years ago 
out of not to write prayers. I have a lot of prayer books that I've written that are really like journals and they're things that I spoke to the Father. It says, I celebrate the truth of your word. I celebrate the victory that you purchased and provided for me at Calvary. I celebrate the victory of the cross. And Chris, remind me, by the way, if anybody uh, has questions. Okay. I am redeemed, forgiven, and delivered. I celebrate the transforming power of your word, your blood, and your love. I am loved by you, God. I have access to you, Heavenly Father, because you provided it for me. As you see, it's not deep. It's just an awareness. It's not something that I read to read, but I read it to let it have a place in me. And I read it to let it open up something in me because it's like I want more intimacy with him. And I want more of everything that he is. And these things, celebrating the truth of his word instead of cringing at the truth of his word, that's a big leap, you know, when you come from super heathen or whatever it was I was into, you know, moving into, into something else. So here's the next part I got it. You love me. And I've shared this, uh, maybe not with you all, but I've shared this many times that there was a day, I believe it was this year, um, it was late last year, it was sometime this year, when I made the discovery that he loves me. Now, I have said it for years and years. God loves me. Yeah, he loves me. But it was just talk. Because on the inside, I had all these thoughts that combated the truth. If you love me so much, then why did this happen? If you love me so much, then why this? And my big story, I, I guess I'll just go ahead and say it here because we're talking obedient. Then why, if you love me so much, this was my question, then how come I'm fat? That's what I wanted to know. And this was, must have been last year. Why was I born this way? That was what I wanted to, I understood. I, I, we all know why we get overweight later. That's got a lot to do with how we eat and what we don't do and what exercises we don't do and so forth. But what I wanted to know was why my childhood had been so painful. And I didn't think he really loved me because everybody else seemed to glide on through. And I hit so many obstacles because of that insecurity and because of the pain of it and all kinds of other stuff that's not really worth talking about tonight. It, it has merit, but not tonight. And I was talking to a friend who happened to be here and we came across a picture of me from childhood. And in that picture was myself and some other family members. And we were probably 10, 11, 12, somewhere around that time. And I saw myself. And I had another picture of me but uh, that I had in mind. which, uh, But this particular picture showed me, showed all the kids, you know, how children will do. And uh, they will, they will, uh, um, look full face in the camera. You'll see little kids grinning or whatever the, the sign thing is that we do. And they're grinning. I was not. Everybody else's head was up. They were looking straight in the camera like, woohoo, the camera, you know, the Polaroid or whatever it was is about to be taken. I was looking down. I was looking with my head tilted to the side. And I realized when I saw that particular photo, because it was after 
trauma had entered my life. It was a picture that had been taken of me after some vile things had happened, some satanic kind of dark things had happened to me. And so I was standing there in the picture and I looked like a victim. And I also, I was a little bigger than everybody else. They were all of the skinny variety and I wasn't. I was of the thicker uh, variety. But what I wasn't in that picture was fat. And when I say fat, let me say it the way it felt. Fat. Where it resonates and it, you know, bobs around and it does all those other things. And you feel like the biggest, hugest, biggest wall of a person ever. But that's not what I was. If I were overweight at all, I was about 10 pounds overweight. I was probably in going, well, yeah, it's adolescent, so you're going through your blooming process. And I just was going for a different shape than the rest of the kids were. But when I looked at that photo, I also saw where the beginnings of the way that I thought about myself had changed. The innocence, the joy, it was gone. Because I saw earlier pictures of myself where I was all in the camera, full face in the camera and, and doing the different things that, that uh, you do. And that was gone. So what am I telling you? My mind was beginning to devolve. It was moving away from the bright, from the light, from the joy. And it was moving into the places where the earth and where the demonic and the earthly and the sensual and the devilish was starting to take hold. And I was not old enough. I did not have the experience with God yet to be able, oh, so I do know how old I was, okay. I didn't have the experience with God to be able to call out to him. I was about eight years old in that photo. So what happened? Well, what happened was a lot. I thought that I was something and I became that. In comparison to the other kids, I was bigger. And since I was bigger and my mind was now taking on darkness, bigger had to fit. I had to fit the image that was created in my mind by the words of others. Are you catching what I say? And Crystal's going to be careful not to bobble the camera, but we don't have, she doesn't have a big airflow, so she's kind of like, I have to make sure she doesn't fall asleep and have her head hit the, the thing and knock it over. So what happened is my mind started to, I heard some words that God did not say. God never called me that. And I heard those words, and I started to repeat those words. I didn't have an arsenal of what God said. So I wasn't repeating to myself what God said. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Okay? You're made in His image. You are my beloved. And I love you with an everlasting love. I didn't have that. I had Jesus loves me, but I didn't have it as warfare. I didn't have it in those ways because that wasn't taught when I was growing up. Is anybody to blame for this? No. Not to me. Because I don't think it's worth it to try to carry bitterness from adolescence and childhood when you've been delivered from it. What is the point of being angry or bitter or uh, in an unforgiving state against those that were just as ignorant when you've been delivered from it? You see, that's the power of obeying God. Forgive. Release. Walk away from it. Grow in the love of God. So I don't have those hardship things about anything that happened in my childhood. Was I victimized? You better believe I was. Did I go through some stuff? Ugly stuff. Yes, I did. But you know what? I don't, I'm free from that because I don't think that way because I'm in the kingdom now. 
okay? And so what happened is that that's how I became these things. But when I saw the picture and my friend was looking and she said, that's not a, that's not a fat child. That's not what we would have called, you know. That, she said, I look just like that. And she's a tiny little thing. She said, I look like that. I have pictures like that too. I had the little skinny relatives too, but I was, you know, different build, a different, different type and so forth. And it hit me. God did not make you fat. God did not make you a, a big, chunky, overweight kid. God did not do that to you. God never victimized you. God never did anything like that to you. And all this time, over all these years, and we're talking over 40 years, okay, that I'm sitting here thinking that he did. Even though I love you, Lord, and I lift my voice to worship you, and on and on you go. I do, but at the same time, I'm singing, you know, praises to God, and I love you, Jesus. I'm thinking, I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad at you. I'm so mad at you because you don't really like me. You know, this is the alternate. This is like I said, you have jazz on one station. You can have, you got praise and worship. You got this. You got dance music, ballet, and classical music, and then you've got this little rant that's just going and going and going. He doesn't really love me. I know what he says, but it's not really true. I know what he says, but if it really were so, then why would he have done? And that's the victim's uh, rant, okay? So that's what was happening. That day, after my friend left, I went into my kitchen and I started thinking about the fact, this is the Spirit of God fighting for me. And I started thinking, you never did it. You never did it. You never did it. You were accused by who? The accuser. You were accused of misusing me. You were accused of abusing me. You were accused of making me ugly and fat and, and all the other things that go in your mind. And you never did it. He never did it. And I'm standing at my sink in my kitchen going, He loves me. He loves me. Oh my God, you love me. And I started to laugh and I started to cry. And I started to worship because after all those years of believing a lie about God, there was sufficient word about his character that had begun to take root in my body, in my mind, in my will, in my emotions, from my spirit. Spirit words begin to coalesce, to come together and to give me truth, truth. The spirit of truth bore witness. But why? Why did it take so long? Because it's the first time I ever articulated it. It was the first time that I ever said out loud to anybody, including myself, what I had been believing about God that was not so. I'm going to challenge you. Maybe you've been carrying, harboring thoughts. You must be, because I really did not have any I have no other purpose to share this except that it's going to free somebody tonight more than some one somebody you're thinking something about God you're believing he wants you poor you got to prove something you got to live beneath uh, this or that he wants you sick or whatever it is that you're supposed to be miserable in your relationship nah none of that is true but you think something about God 
because of something that somebody that was working for the devil did to you. Because of something that happened, you witnessed it, you experienced it, or you were told it, or whatever it was. Something in you is wrong, thinking wrongly about God. And all you have to do, my challenge to you, is to ask him, did you hate me so much that you made me with a pockmarked face, or you made me fat, or you... Or you, you brought me up into a poor and a, uh, an abusive family. You hate me so much that you gave me this or you did that. Whatever it is that you think. You want to be free? Talk to God. He will answer you. He'll show you something. He will unlock that prison that your beliefs, your thoughts, everything that you believe wrongly about him, it's kept you bound. Today is your day of freedom. So I release that to you as a conversation in the name of Jesus. Do you have any questions? Yes, you do. Okay. First question is, what is your method to find the scriptures in our constitution for your circumstances? What is my, wow, that was sound like something I would have said. <laughs> what is my method for finding scriptures? I don't, you know what? Honestly, I ask the Holy Spirit. And I've read the Bible enough, you see, that sometimes a scrap, a, 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 a fragment, not a scrap, a fragment of a scripture or a verse will come, or a story will come. I'll think about, wow, what happened to that woman? Uh, it might be Ruth or Esther. It might be the Shunammite woman. It might be um, Abigail. It might be Deborah or Deborah, as some call her. It might be uh, Mary. What happened with her? I look for somebody, or, or Rahab, uh, the woman that at one time was a prostitute, or Gomer, who lived a really trashy life, and yet God was showing love. I'll, I'll look certain things up, or I'll just be sitting there, and I'll have that conversation with him. And Holy Spirit will start to speak. So really, he puts me on the search more so than I go on it myself. Uh, I might, sometimes, I've done this, I'll say, what does the Bible say about? And I'll put, insert that in there. And I'll go on a search engine. And I'll just say, what does the Bible say about misery? What does the Bible say about thus and so? And you got to strain through it. I just look for the actual scriptures. I don't go to other people's websites. Go to the scriptures. They'll always put scriptures up there. And you go and, and, and you start. So I get help or I'll ask somebody else, hey, do you know anything about this? That's where you have to start diminishing pride. And you've got to stop asking like a victim. He who the Son is made free is free. You're really free. And if you don't believe you're free, you gotta ask the Lord, why don't I believe this? And that's how it starts. Does that help you? That's really how it starts. I, I ask God, why do I feel this way? Why do I think this about you? What do you have to say about this? Why should I believe this? If I'm just hearing it, but I haven't seen anything in your word, why should I believe that you love me? You know, can you show me how you love me? Yes, I know John uh, 3.16. But what does that mean exactly? Really, it does. You know, what, what, what are you saying to me? And I dare to have it up with, for me with reverence because I'm not mad at him. But I'm like, I really don't get this. And sure enough, will you lead me? to an answer. Will you help me with this? You don't have to be super spiritual. Just call for help. Because the Bible says that God is our present help. He's our help. 
in time of need. And he says, call me and I will answer you. I will hear you. I'll show you what you need to see. Scriptures like that are the ones that open the gateway to me for others. You said, I will lead you in the way that you should go. I will guide you with my eye. I've heard somebody say that. And I don't know if that really means anything, but what does that mean? Or I hear this pastor, me, um, always talking about Psalm 138.8. The Lord will perfect the things that concern me. The Lord will perfect the things that concern me. The Lord will perfect the things that concern me. What does that even mean? You'll make it perfect? No, it actually means you'll complete things. Okay, so you say, all right, then will you perfect the things that concern me? And your journey has just begun. It's really not super duper spiritual. You're superhuman. You just don't know how to use your powers. The word of God is the key to all of that. And, you know, folks like me that like to talk about things like this, but always rooted in truth. I, do, I love to talk about supernatural and prophetic encounters, but... I don't like to do it like woo, 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 because God doesn't do it that way. He always, everything is founded in what he says. And if I question it, he will show me things. I've had wonderful experiences, but you notice I'll talk about the experience, but we've got to go back to this word. This is the foundation. Everything is based upon what he said. I mean, I read in Isaiah 40 the other day and it's like oh wow as you started to open it up and I see things that you've said in there that I, I I gotta get in there and then as I'm doing it somebody is telling me one of my apostolic brothers oh I love you Robin um, he has set me on a on a course am I gonna share that I am gonna share part of that with you and but he set me on a course as I was sharing pouring out my heart I was I had this encounter with the Lord the other day at my, at my mom's house I was waiting for a delivery for her and so I'm sitting out in her courtyard and I have my laptop out there and I was trying to study but I kept flitting I was being like short um, what is that word uh, short attention span so I'm starting this but then I go over here and then I go over here it's like okay you're not settled that means you're supposed to be doing something but you don't you're not doing what you're supposed to do so I stopped and in that moment that I stopped when the awareness came to me you're not you don't have your act together the Holy Spirit spoke to me and he said, write out what I gave you. Because what had happened is that I awakened with a thought about uh, something, about the kingdom and about, actually the topic was marriages and I'm not going to go into that tonight. But he gave me a picture, a vision of a wedding and it was like nothing I'd ever seen before. And I'm looking at this. And I know that it has to connect to the bride makes herself ready. I know this. But at the same time, it's like, what is this about? And I see this wedding, and I see the way it's going. And I'm not talking about the, the, the typical things. I'm talking about from heaven's point of view. And, and he was telling me, you know, all these things are welling up in me. And he says, release it. So I started to write it. And I'm sitting there with my laptop on my mom's patio, which, I mean, in her courtyard, which let me tell you, my mother who is also my apostle, that place is a prayer sanctuary. You go out there on her in her courtyard outside of her, it's gated, and you're sitting there, and the presence of God is so tangible that you, I just, it was a great place to write. I'm just, I'm typing and I'm typing, and then I started to cry because I saw what had been written, what was pouring out of me, and what happened to me. This is an encounter. It's not that the spirit realm opened and you saw angels come and this happened and that happened. Sometimes that happens. 
But the true encounter, the true supernatural amazing encounter happens from the word of God itself when you think of this as a living word instead of just black and white you know black type on white paper typically no this is a kingdom conversation from beginning to end it's filled with stories and accounts and you and I are in the pages of this book I have found so much of my own identity ways to describe myself things that I've become I put it on little cards like this um, things like this to create this is a little my first attempt at writing a little book and so what I started doing was just typing out all these different scriptures or statements and then what he was saying and then I would put other things I'm not trying to show you what this is but this is how it started for me in terms of uh, actually starting to uh, print things because I've been writing I think since I learned how to spell or something but as I wrote it I began I was trembling I was shaking and I think Crystal possibly yeah came over because we were receiving some things from my mom and she saw me I was so I was so struck that I have heard from God it, it was one of those moments like writing Kingdom 101 and, and doing anything else. It's like, this is not me. This is not me. This is not me. He's talking to me. And he's talking to me about something that I believe will at some time within the near future, next year or so, will be released to the body of, of Yeshua, Jesus. It's got to be, it has to go through the process that goes through. And I felt like I've got to talk to somebody. Well, I shared the beginnings of this revelation with my other apostle brother, they're apostles, and they're my brothers, my brother Raymond, who I love so much. And I got to talk to him. And he heard and he told me, he said, oh, I, got, I think you got something here, sis. I think you got something here. I love you, Raymond. And, and that that's what set me on it and it started to solidify it and then when I finished it it was like what who do I call who do I call and, I, and, and it was like call Robin Robin is my other brother and it's like okay I gotta call him and he was at Walmart <laughs> and but he took the time to talk to me to listen to me I said I, I wrote something and I, I, I think I'm supposed to to release this to you you just came up and, and I saw you and he said, okay, sissy, I'll do that. And he made some time. We had to call back. And he, he, he listened. And I, by this time, I'm still writing. I'm still writing. And I'm fixing it. Not fixing, like trying to correct it. But like, oh, you didn't add this part. You got to put this. Everything was just welling up in me. And when I read it to him, I'm shaking. I was shaking. I didn't know it connected to something God had given him. You see, one brother testified, witness, yes, you better pursue that. And the other brother was there to hear it. This is family. This is why there is not a black church and a white church and a Mexican church and a uh, Korean church and a this church and a this church. There's no such thing. The Bible asked the question very clearly, is Christ divided? No. We are one family. And we have got to bypass. This is all about obeying, obeying God. You want to walk in obedience to God, you're going to have to give up the ways of the world. You're going to have to stop. Apostle Baker says it this way, and I've heard others say it too. You got to stop mixing a little bit of the world in. Oh, Sister D, how are you going to say that when you listen to me? That's not what I'm talking about. Not at all. That's just you choosing not to hear. You're going to have to stop mixing the beliefs of the world. 
and the ways of the, that the world says to do things, the way that, that the natural, when I say world, I'm talking the, the natural mind and the understanding that pushes God out of the picture and says, we can handle this without him. We don't need to bring God into it. Has mm -hmm. it come to that? Did you got to bring the Bible into the conversation? Can't we just do things using natural uh, common sense? It's like, well, there's a reason it's called common. Hmm. I'm not common. God's not common. That's talking about defiled, and that's a whole other topic. But uh, let me wrap it up, because I'm, I'm just about out of uh, the time that we're designating for the, tonight's conversation. What I want to say to you is you can have amazing breakthroughs with God by reading His Word not as a reference, but as a conversation. He's talking. You'll read something and think, well, no, maybe not that. And you'll think, well, what does this word mean? And you'll go on a quest and you'll start looking something up. And next thing you know, while you're looking for what you think you're supposed to be finding, you're going to find something else that crosses your eyes. And you think, well, wait a minute, what is that? And all of a sudden you'll say, you know what, I'm going to go talk to him. And you'll start to pray. Or you'll ask him, this is what I ask him. Holy Spirit, what should I ask you so that you can answer me with what you want to give me? It's a very simple question. I, you ask God what questions to ask Him? Yes, I do. Because the Bible says, sometimes we ask, but we ask amiss. We miss out because we're not asking the right question. It's not that, well, He's not answering me. I've asked Him this and I've asked Him this and He hasn't answered me. It's like, I, I don't think that it's because He's ignoring you. I think it's because you're not asking Him the question that you need to unlock. The question you need to unlock. If, you, if you're not getting an answer, Change your question. Don't change God's. <laughs> Don't change from God to the world because God hasn't answered you. Change your question. And he will. Ask him, what do I ask you so that I can break through, so that you can get me out of this mess? And I promise you, on the authority of his word, he will answer. Call upon me, he says, and I will answer you. I'll lead you. I'll rescue you. I'll deliver you. He's not going to, God is not going to make a false promise. I'm not going to say I do this stuff and then not do it. We hit these moments. We can be seasoned in the Lord and still hit these moments where it's like, what is the problem? What is going on? Why aren't you answering me? And, and again, you default back to, wait, maybe I'm asking this wrong. What should I do? Teach me how to pray only what you want prayed so that I can stop wasting time praying stuff that's just falling to the ground because it's coming from the wrong place. I could say so much more about it, and I would love to, but I'm going to bring it to an end tonight. And I'll pray for you, maybe not online, but I promise you this, my loves, I'm definitely praying for you. I have so many more people to talk to God about because huh, yeah it's just that way I'll come back more later in a couple weeks or so I'll share more with you about what happened on my mom's um, on mom's uh, what did I call it? Thing? Terrace? No, it's her uh, outward, outside patio that's another way to put it uh, I'll share more about that with you at another time as we're able to talk more I want that wedding. I know that much. I saw that wedding 
It's like it's kingdom. It was marriage from the kingdom's point of view. That I can tell you. And it doesn't fit any of the old paradigms of what is taught. Don't go looking at your spouse thinking, well, I don't think we're married right because I just heard there's something else. <laughs> don't do that. Don't try this at home, people. <laughs> I'm just saying it will increase joy. It will increase joy. There'll be a day. And I think that's it for tonight. So if I have other questions, we can pose those. But meantime, Astounding Love and More Than Enough Ministries we're going to go ahead and receive the tithes and offerings and the other gifts and things that you want to give. I sometimes feel when I talk, I'm rambling. But everything is intentional. There's a point to it all. And sometimes it can be so disarming. I'm not fluffy by any means. And, um, okay, I'm going to share this because I, I started this when I said I wasn't eating the cake. God has put me on a program, an eating plan that has saved my life. The reason it saved my life is because when you start to walk in obedience, you are rescued, you are protected from a lot of things that could take you out. Why? One of the reasons is because you will be in the right place at the God time. And there's a lot of places where you could be that he didn't tell you to go. Um, I've had that happen. I'm finding that it's easier to receive correction, and trust me, I get a lot of correction, and to love it. And I'm walking in obedience. There's, I've, um, do I, I don't need to tell them how much weight he's taken off right now. I'll tell you in a couple of weeks, okay? I'll tell you, but I'm not gonna tell you yet. But it's been quite significant since May. It hasn't been very long. But we're not finished. You see, that's the whole thing. You don't, walk in obedience and get close to the finish line and not break the tape. You've got to finish. I am walking in obedience, but what I want is to manifest it. You see, because when God gives you an instruction, he has a destination in mind that you're to go. And he's pointing you towards something that when you, as you know, in a race, you break the tape. The winner breaks the tape. Well, you are running your own race, so the tape is for you to break. But when you break the tape, you don't stop, you keep running, you walk, you run beyond the, the finish line to the victory lap. And you're, you're running and you're running and you're running and rejoicing. While you're in obedience, you can rejoice. But when you cross over, there's a different level of joy. There's a greater dimension, there's a shift. Because in the realm of the spirit, you have moved from merely walking in obedience to being the picture that God painted of obedience. That's what I'm going for. And that's what I pray you also do. This is because I want to obey. Because he is so good. The scripture I was going to share with you is that uh, uh, there's a scripture that says, the king is your husband. Do what he says. Okay? What? I beg your pardon? Put the book on the table. Oh, the book? Why well, I'm still holding it? Crystal, talk to me out loud, because I don't know what the you're saying. The book right there beside you? Yes, this one? Put it on the table, yes. Okay. You just close it and put it on the table, unless you're using it. Oh, I have the scripture in here somewhere. Oh, okay. I forgot it was there. Thank you, darling. Mm -hmm. 
now that we're at the end of the program, you won't be distracted anymore by the book that I've had at my side all this time. <laughs> we try so hard to do it perfectly, and we will one day, maybe, make it. So, um, yeah, that notebook is just filled with all kinds of notes that, for whatever reason, I don't get to. Sorry about that, y'all. Forgive me. Okay, let me see if I can find this one scripture. If I have another question, um, you can go ahead and... Um, share it with me. Did that answer for the person? Mm -hmm. Okay, that did answer? Yes. Okay. Alright, any other questions? That is hilarious. Okay. I think it was an amen. Yes, we are submitted one to another. Okay. Okay. And that was it. Okay. I don't know. Okay. Um, let me read this scripture and then we're done. Love this. Okay. Hold on. Is here. Sometimes I have so many notes I can't. Okay. Alright, here we do. Uh, you can't find it right now. Um, anyway, I'll find it and we'll post it. I guess we can do that. I know I've taught it before. Um, I believe it's in the Psalms. Or if somebody remembers, then, then by all means, please give it to me. I think it's amplified. Let me try one more thing. Okay. No, not that one. He was giving me, for your maker is your husband. Uh, that's not the one I want. That's a, I love that one. Um, the Lord of Hosts is his name. That's a great scripture. And let me go ahead and give you that one. Thank you, Frederick. Uh, that's Isaiah 54, uh, 5. I don't think that's the one I want. Maybe it is. Let me look at it. Let me go Maybe ahead and look at it. Y'all say it is. See all my little Bible scholars? I don't have to know where everything is. No, that's not the one I want. Okay. Um... That's Isaiah 54, and that's a great one. For your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is his name. And the Holy One of Israel is your Redeemer. The God of the whole earth he is called. And this did minister to me at one time. For the Lord has called you like a woman forsaken, grieved in spirit, heart sore, even a wife, wooed and won in youth when she is later refused and scorned. Uh, says your God, for a brief moment I forsook you, but with great compassion and mercy I will gather you to me again. And that's a beautiful one. It's not the one I, I want it, but um, I do. Um, I want to say. Sorry, I guess I'm going to have to give it up because I, I don't want to delay us anymore. Um, so I thought I had it in my notes. I, that's what I was trying to pull up before we started. One more shot here. Okay, let's try this one more time. King. Is nope okay so we're gonna go ahead and pray oh okay it helps to spell the word right too <laughs> which one are you saying the king is your husband uh huh there there's this really beautiful uh, scripture that says the king is your husband do what he says yeah it's Isaiah fifty four five 
No, that's not it. That's not it? No, it's really not it, unless it's in a different version. Let Maybe me look one more different. time. It might be in a different one. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the thing. You're going to have to go ahead and look this up. And um, if somebody finds it and is able to give it to us, then I'll give you a gift. I don't know what the gift is going to be yet, but I will do that. Okay. Just do what he wants. That's what he said. Um, yeah. Okay. Father, thank you so much for this. <laughs> I thank you so much for the fun that I'm having tonight. And I thank you for the power of your word. I thank you for um, the opportunity to worship you and to praise you, to thank you, because you always give us that. I thank you for being our, our kinsman redeemer. I thank you for being the love of our lives. I thank you for being the husband that you are to us. I thank you for the truth of your word. I'm getting this impression I need to look one more place. I thank you for the people that have, have been with us tonight. Um, I thank you for their, their, the fun that we're all having. Just do this little Bible study. Somebody's going to find it. I taught this, you know. So, um, ah, ah, wait, wait, but wait. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, okay. This is funny to me. There's so many scriptures that I that I have here. I honor your promises. Thank you. Okay, no, that wasn't it. I got a lot of them. All right. We'll just have to do it another time, y'all. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Thank you, Father, for all of the things that, that you've done. Just try that out. Okay, I'll do that. I will do that. I'll put that right there. Any other questions? Going twice? That sounds too. Huh? Somebody is uh, looking for this. Mm -hmm. So I got another scripture here. This is beautiful. So the king will greatly desire your beauty because he is your Lord. Worship him. That's another beautiful one. That's the Song of Solomon. That's not it. It's <laughs> 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 not it either. Okay, but. <laughs> The cookie. Huh? Now everybody's like, we're going to find the scripture, PL. Oh, yes, we are. Um, I, I believe you will. I just ha don't happen to know where it is at this moment. So I'm going to do once more, one more swing. Because now I want to know. I'm going to find my notes. I have it written down. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> Y'all on a quest. This is beautiful. Are there anybody else? Uh, um, have any suggestions? Mm -hmm. If nothing else, we're having some fun here. Okay. That's Isaiah 54, but that's not the one. And this again. Um, yep, I can't find it right now. But I'll find it. And I promise at the top of the program um, next week. And I can give you a hint. I believe it's, I know it's in the Old Testament. I know where it is. Hold on. Okay. No, no. I do. Yes. I think he gave it to me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, Smarty. Tell me what it is then. 
What did he say? Yeah, it is Isaiah, Isaiah 45. No, Isaiah 45. Okay. Okay, I should know that because I've been spending a lot of time there. Okay, let's go to Isaiah 45. And just, we prolonged it. I'm really trying to end here, but I got all this great uh, thing. So who sent me that? Frederick. Oh, Frederick. Frederick. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Isaiah 45, 11. It says, Listen, daughter, look and incline your ear. Forget your people and your father's house. I had to remember the word daughter. Um, Consider it and incline. And forget the people of your daughter, of your father's house. Um, let me go to this. Is it 11? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. But it's not 54. That's what I was saying. So, I'm actually... Okay. Here we oh. Go. What? You're right. You're right. I found it. Yeah, I know. I'm right. Mm-hmm. But thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because I fell in love with the scripture, but I moved on. Again, because you can read something. Here's the point. Well, how come you don't know? One of the reasons I don't know is because it's only started to become important to me again. You'll read a scripture. You'll read things and you think, wow, that's really amazing. That's touched my heart. I'm right there in the Psalms right now. And you'll think, wow, that's really touching my heart. But you, even though your heart is touched, you personally are not ready. The timing is not necessary. But you know what's happened is you put, there's, that's how the Holy Spirit can bring things back to you. And you're able to say, wow, um, you know, thank you, Father, for the way that you, 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 you bring things to my remembrance. And that's what happens. So I read this scripture and I put it in my heart. But see, now... I'm interested about the things that God is doing that pertain to the the bride, the bride of Christ making herself ready. And since that's what I want um, more so than, uh, yeah, it's Psalm 45. I said um, Isaiah, it's not Isaiah, it's Psalm 45. And uh, here we go. Okay, this is the scripture. He says, we want to just, let's just go ahead and look at this. And I'm closing. Okay. He said, in verse, You love righteousness, uprightness, right standing with God, and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. Your garments are all fragrant with myrrh, aloes, cassia. Stringed instruments make you glass. Kings glad. Kings' daughters are among your honorable women. At your right hand stands the queen in gold of Ophir. Hero daughter, consider, submit, and consent to my instruction. Forget also your own people and your father's house. So will, this is the verse, so will the king desire your beauty because he is your lord. Be submissive and reverence and honor him. But when you look at that, um, in different script, uh, passages, what I wanted is the um, the CEV version. It's it's the um, contemporary English version, and what it says there is the king is your husband, so do what he desires. And that's Psalms forty five seven. That's Psalm forty five eleven in the CEV, oh, the contemporary English okay. version. It doesn't read the same in any other. That's why I've been reading Psalm 45, but I didn't recognize the verse. But you see, in this conversation tonight, what is this telling me? Holy Spirit, exactly what I was sharing with the person that asked the question earlier. I There's a sense of urgency. It's like, no, you've got to read this because it connects 
to where I'm going in, 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 in what, what he's doing with me. That's how it happens. You'll all of a sudden go, I've got to find it. I've got to find it. I've got to find it. And you'll get all of America helping you until you find what you're looking for. Yes. Say the scripture again. Psalm 45, verse 11. But it is in that particular rendering is the, Christ, uh, the contemporary English version, the CEV. It's not in the King James. It's not the Amplified. It's the CEV. It's like, who knew, right? But it, it captured me. And now after four, five years ago, four or five, six, seven years ago, however long ago it was I wrote this particular scriptural thing, this verse in this version is a part of something I'm writing. And it's so critical that I get it. Even though I've been, I've been reading Psalm 45, this exact Psalm, for the last week. But I didn't see it. And he wanted to open my eyes to him saying it this way. Because there's obviously something more I get to write. So you just got an example of how that conversation will happen and how consistent and how intentional God is. He won't even let me in the program till I find it. I could have said, good night, everybody, and then gone ahead and tried to find it. But whoever you are that asked the question, the Holy Spirit wanted you to know this is how he'll work with you. And he won't stop until you find what he wants you to find. So he will help you. He will deliver you. He will lead you, guide you. He'll do everything he said. And now we're going to end this program. <laughs> so I'm going to say thank you so much for joining us. See you Sunday for Biblical Solutions for Life at 1045. And um, we love you so much. We thank you for being a part of this. I'm Pastor Lansing Lee of Astounding Love, a Global Church Fellowship. And I thank you for uh, being a part of tonight's Kingdom Conversation. We love you. We'll see you next time. Good night. Thank <laughs> you.